0: Okay, open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 3. Today's message is called, The just shall live by faith. Last week, we looked at verse 10 of Galatians chapter 3, which says, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So we saw there that anyone who teaches a false gospel which includes something that a man, woman, or child must do to be saved, in addition to or minus the perfect sin-atoning work of the Lord Jesus Christ, this verse proclaims that they're under a curse. They're under a curse. Now, these verses we've looked at in chapter 3 are not that difficult to understand. They're written very plainly. Actually, the whole scripture is written very plainly, isn't it, really? But yet, we will never understand it unless the Holy Spirit illuminates the Scripture for us. If he doesn't illuminate the Scriptures for us, we'll have no understanding of what the Scriptures say. But praise be to God that we're born again by the Holy Spirit of God and he's given us an understanding. And we believe what the Scriptures say, right? Now we believe. By God-given faith, we believe what the Scriptures say. And he is the revealer of it, of the Scriptures to us. Now, the controversy between law and grace has been raging for ages. It's been raging for ages. Absolutely, it's just been going on for so long. And we see here, since the times of the apostles, self-righteous religionists have sought to yoke God's people with works to be saved. Actually, what they're doing is they're yoking them into bondage. That's why Paul says, Look at chapter 5 here. This is why Paul writes these words in verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. That's freedom in the Greek. The freedom. Wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So these works-based religionists, by saying you must be circumcised to be saved, these Judaizers, are actually yoking the people of God, putting bags of rocks on them. Right? The runner in a race, he doesn't want nothing on him, Right? When you're running a race, you watch a runner, a professional runner. They're just in their shorts, their shoes. They have a little wee thing on, a shirt on, and a number on. That's it. As light as they can be. That's how we are. We don't want bags of rocks placed upon us by, by religionists, do we? My, oh, my. So here, Paul's actually... Paul's actually, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, hitting this error head on, isn't he? And isn't it amazing that, I always marvel at how the Holy Spirit has these men pen about things that we're still dealing with today. God in his providence knew that these would be things that his church would deal with. Right? Nothing new under the sun. Exactly. Absolutely nothing new under the sun. Man wants to try to work their way to heaven, and God says no. There's only one way of salvation for any sinner, and that's Jesus Christ our Lord. Through his shed blood, his redemptive perfect work on Calvary's cross in our room and place. So these self-righteous religions, they defend their false religious beliefs, and they gnash their teeth against God. God's people showing, actually showing their hatred for Christ. That's really what they're doing. What they're doing is they're showing what Paul wrote when he said that before the Lord saved us, we had enmity with God. Now, we might not have come out and said we hated God, but by our works, we did. And that's what these self-righteous religionists are doing. They're, they're actually saying they hate God. They hate his gospel. They hate Christ because he's not good enough, Right? Oh, my. And why do, they, why do they do this? Why do they show their hatred for Christ right in the face of God's holy word? Well, because the holy scriptures mean absolutely nothing to them. And I can attest that the scriptures meant nothing to me before the Lord saved me. Now they're everything. Now they're everything. Everything. Because Christ is my all now, just as he is yours, right? And now the scriptures are everything. Because they tell us about the king. They tell us. So they, man, man, natural man, and we were there, we who came out of religion, we who were born dead in our sins, natural man would rather believe the lies of man than believe what God says. Because we have no spiritual understanding, the scriptures say, right? So when we get spiritual understanding is when we're born again. Again, God himself must do the work. He gets all the glory. He gets all the honor. He gets all the praise, right? We look away from ourselves and we look up to Christ, our great God and King. Now, we've entered into the heart of the epistle here, which is justification in and through Christ alone, by God-given faith alone, according to the scriptures alone. We believe on Christ. By the grace of God. In today's verse, we'll bring forth how the just, that is, those made just by Christ. See, when, it called, when the Scriptures call us just, we have to remember that's only in Christ. Because outside of Christ, we're not just at all, are we? Because Scripture says there's none righteous, no, not one. But in Christ, we're made righteous. You see, the missing note in today's preaching is the righteousness of Christ. And it's so imperative, beloved. It's so imperative. We must have a righteousness that's perfect, right? But yet here we are imperfect. We're sinners. And into this world comes the perfect one. To live and to die as our substitute. Fulfilling the law perfectly. Perfectly. Completely in our room and place. And now we're clothed in his righteousness. Our sins are imputed to him. And his righteousness is imputed to us. Beloved. Old timers used to call that the great transaction. I like that. The great transaction. And Christ bore away our sins so much. That God the father says. I won't remember your sins anymore. I'll never remember them again. They're gone. From my sight (laughs) we say hallelujah right oh what a savior And today's verse will bring forth how the just those made just by christ live by faith which is god-given faith what do we do we trust and rest in the savior don't we we trust and rest in him so let's read verses verses uh 10 to 14 to see the context i'm actually going to try to lump um verse 11 and 12 together today Because 12 brings forth similar things um, that we've already read about. So, for as many as are the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. Look at that. If we would only believe what the scriptures say, if man would only believe what the scriptures say. But again, we can't believe them unless you're born again, right? But when you're born again, we look at this and go, yeah, I can't be justified by the law. That's so clear. As Paul writes here, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And remember who the true author of these words is. It's God the Holy Spirit. He is telling us here that a man or woman or child cannot be justified in the sight of God by the works of the law. Why? Because it's just to live by faith. And notice what it calls us? The just. The just. Isn't that wonderful? I'm a sinner. Saved by the grace of God. But this verse calls us just, beloved. That's remarkable. That's absolutely amazing. The just shall live by faith. And the law is not a faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ, look at this. Remember how it said there's a curse for the law? If you don't do the whole law, there's a curse. Look at this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Why? Why did he do that? That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now salvation in and through Christ alone is plainly set forth here, isn't it? Very plainly set forth here. And natural man, by adding some kind of work that they do to obtain salvation, are simply manifesting their hatred for God. That's what they're doing. They're saying, it's not good enough what God did. <coughs> there must be something I have to do. My daughter, even, when I was talking to her about Christ in the last few weeks, and I've been talking to her, and, and she goes, it's that simple? I just have to believe? By God-given faith, Yes. You just believe. And I said, my prayer is that God give you faith to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. My, oh my. So natural man is, is manifesting their hatred for God and their hatred for Christ because he said it's finished, right? It's done. There's nothing to be added to that work. It's absolutely finished. And if... One continues in that hatred. They'll die in their sins and they'll spend eternity in hell and eternal torment. And, and to say hell's a terrible place isn't actually an understatement, beloved. Most people think that hell is the furthest point from God. That they're left alone. I remember when I was young, we used to say, oh, We're all going to party in hell. Dave, you and I talked about that. My friends and I used to say, Oh, see you in hell. I'll party with you. It was awful. We were just so flippant about it. And I look back at that now and I just tremble. at how flippant. And some people think that hell is a place where Satan and his minions go about taunting people for all eternity. But as bad as that seems... That does not compare even to what hell really is. Hell is the wrath of God. And God's presence right there in his wrath. And hell is a place where there's no mediator. See, we have a mediator. He took our wrath that that was deserving us. He took God's wrath that was deserving you and I, beloved but hell is a place where that wrath is just unleashed my oh my and in hell no one has anyone who has paid their sin debt see we have someone now now i want us to rejoice about this we have someone who has saved us from our sins Who saved us from the wrath of God. Who saved us from the law of God. Who saved us from ourselves. And we have someone who paid our debt. Paid a debt. Now, how nice does it feel when we pay a debt off, right? It feels really really good, doesn't it? But this is a debt we could never pay. This was a debt that that we couldn't even pay for one sin. Let alone billions that we commit in a lifetime. And Christ paid it all. So much so. That God looks at us again. I'm going to say it again. He looks at us again and says, Your sin and your iniquity will I remember no more. It's gone from the... It's so purged that it's gone from the presence of God, beloved. How? By the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, see, there had to be blood shed, right? Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. See, that's why when Cain bought all them vegetables and the fruits of his hands, there's no blood, is there? And Abel, what's he do? He brings the proper sacrifice... He brings the blood of a lamb, which pictures Christ, which pictures Christ, beloved. And we, we by the grace of God have, have escaped eternal wrath, the eternal wrath of God through Christ Jesus our Lord. He is not a way. He's the way. See, people say, well, he's a way to God. He's the way. He's not a way, he's the way. He's the truth. He's not a truth, he's the truth. He's truth incarnate. And he's the life. No man cometh unto the father but by him. And he's revealed himself to us beloved, he saved our souls. Oh, so advocates of any doctrine that promotes man's work, they deny the work of Christ. And advocates of the law of Moses are in the same camp. If they say there's something in the law of Moses you have to do to be saved, they are denying the finished work of Christ. They are denying the very one who fulfilled the law, honored honored God's law, magnified it. That's what he did in our room and place. Isn't that wonderful? What a Savior. What a Redeemer is Jesus Christ our Lord. And as plain as the word of God is, religious folks are just blind spiritually. Bartimaeus was physically physically blind until our Lord opened his eyes, right? That's a picture of you and I, beloved. In our natural state. Remember, he couldn't keep his mouth shut. They're saying, oh, be quiet. Jesus, thou son of God, have mercy on me. That's what we cry, isn't it? And the scripture says he just cried even louder. They, they told him, me And then the scripture says, Christ stood still. He heard the crying wail of one of his lost sheep that was given to him by the Father from eternity. And oh my beloved, when he hears the cry of one of his blood-bought saints, he always comes, doesn't he? Right on time, and then he says, "Rejoice in this, brothers and sisters." And he says, "I'll never leave you nor forsake you." Zane and I were talking about how he takes care of us from the from conception to the gray hairs, and then he takes care of us, takes us home, doesn't he? Off we go. Oh, it's wonderful, isn't it? It's wonderful. So these truths concerning law and grace are just as important today as ever they were when Paul wrote this letter to the Galatians. Let's read verses 9 and 10 of Galatians chapter 3. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faith o Abraham, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So we see here before us a difference between law and grace, set right before us in this text. Abraham was not under the law of Moses as the Ten Commandments had not even been written in Abraham's day. They were given to Moses on Mount Sinai. Abraham was under the same law that all the Old Testament saints were under before God had given his written law to Moses. The same law that every born-again, blood-washed believer, child of God is, the law of faith, which works by love. Why do, we, why do we do things for the Lord? Because we love him. Because we found out that he loved us even when I was a dead maggot in my sins. My, what a Savior. And then we found out, turn if you would to John 17. Oh my, we're going to go over this verse again. We looked at this on, we looked at this on. Wednesday night. Look at this. This is I'll tell you what. You talk about light your lamp up. Oh my gosh. Did you know beloved of God that Christ that God loves us as he loves Christ? Now think of that. He loves Christ with an everlasting unchanging love, right? From eternity. That love has never changed. And because it doesn't change, we're not consumed, right? Look at this. Look at this little verse right here. John 17. We're going to start in verse 20. But the verse I want us to key on is 23. So he says here, he's speaking about the apostles in verse 19. And then he says, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That's you and I, beloved. That's you and I. That's all the elect of all the ages. For they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me. Now that's just talking about the unity that we have in Christ. And I in thee, that they also may be one in us, and that the world may believe. Thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. We have an inheritance now. Incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away. That they may be one even as we are one. Now here we go, buckle in. I in them and thou in me that they may be made that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and has loved them as thou hast loved me. That 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 verse is absolutely incredible. God loves us as he loves Christ. Do you know why? Because we're in Christ. Outside of Christ that love is not there, right? But in Christ that love is there. How long how long have we been in Christ for? (laughs) Oh, let's just back it up, eh? From eternity. Now think of this. When we were dead in sins, Brother Charlie, when we were doing all our stuff. God's love was set upon us and we had no idea. We had no idea. Absolutely no idea. Sister, we talked about that too? God's love was set upon us then. Doesn't matter what we were doing. His love was set upon us. And we had no idea. In our minds, we were enemies with God in our minds, right? And we're going to find out in chapter four when we get here that we were heirs and we didn't even know it. And there's a time when you can't tell an heir you can't tell a sheep from a goat. And that's before we're born again. But because we're sons, we talked about this verse today, God has sent forth his spirit into our hearts crying, Abba, Father, because we are sons. Because God chose us in Christ. Because God's love has ever been set upon us. So if we're having a bad day, let us think of this. God loves me. And this is just... I. I I can't fathom it all, but as I said on, on Wednesday, this is a fact. That's a fact, what we just read. That's a fact that God loves us as he loves Christ. And even though I can't understand it, I believe it by God's grace. And oh my, it's, it's a wonderful place to go to find comfort, to find joy, to find peace, to find rest. My, oh, my. Now, Abraham, again, was under the same law that all the, all the saints are, the law of faith, which works by love. Turn, if you would, to the book of Romans, chapter 3. <coughs> if we're saved by grace, which we are, Romans, chapter 3, verses 27 to 31. <coughs> if we're saved by faith, where's boasting then? <laughs> There's no room for boasting. We can't. All, the only one we can boast in is Christ. That's why the, the just will live by faith. We live by resting and trusting in Christ and him alone. We don't live by the works of the law, beloved. We live by resting and trusting in Christ alone as the only Savior of our eternal souls. He is the one. He is the one. Look at this. Where's boasting then? It's excluded. We can't boast of what we've done. We can't say, well, God, I've done this because I ain't done nothing except sin, which will lead to my condemnation. But praise be to God, God had mercy on me. And there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. See, we're under a new law. The law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith. Look at this. Without the deeds of the law. That, is that not that's so clear? You ever had a lawmonger come in your life? I had a lawmonger one time try to take over my pulpit in Oregon. I didn't know he was a lawmonger until until I went away and I had him preach once. Never had him preach again. Never. The guy just yoked, yoked the folks there, tried to yoke them, and every one of them said, Wayne, if you have him preach again, I'm never gonna, or I'm not going to never, I just won't come when he's talking. And that's all they said. He was just talking. And I never made that mistake again. Very careful to guard the pulpit. You know, we preachers, we got to guard the pulpit. We have to guard the pulpit. You know? It's an honor for me to stand here and preach the gospel. And it's an honor for whoever I have come in here to preach the gospel. Whether it be from within the body or without. It's an honor. And, and we the last thing we want is people trying to yoke us with the law, right? We Just tell me about Christ. Tell me about my king. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is, not, is he not also the Gentiles? Look at this. Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and not the uncircumcision through faith. See? It's all about Christ. And it's so clearly put here. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. Because Christ fulfilled the law in our room and place. So by looking to Christ and trusting Christ, we see that he is the fulfiller of the law for us. Now, God's law is still holy, isn't it? But all it does, it can't save anyone. The law of God can't save. It just brings death. It slays. It slays us. But there's life in Christ, isn't there? The fulfiller of the law. There's life in him. Oh, and scriptures here right right there right look at therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law that's so clear isn't it yet what do man what does natural man do they take the scriptures and they twist it zane you were saying the other day man can take the scriptures and twist it into whatever they want and that's so true there's whole religions out there made from man twisting one scripture there's a church of Christ. That whole, that whole movement is based upon them twisting Scripture in the book of Acts. My, oh, my. The way of salvation is so plainly, so clearly set forth in the Scriptures that salvation is in and through Christ alone, by His perfect sin, eternal work alone in salvation. And that's why we say Christ is our all in all. He's everything. He's the Alpha of my salvation, and he's the Omega of my salvation, and he's every single letter in between. Right? That's who he is. In that passage in Romans 3 we just read, oh my, we see the total inability of either Jew or Gentile to justify themselves before God by... By anything they do, because again, it's, I'm going to read it again. Therefore, we conclude that a man justified by faith, without the deeds of the law, that's Jew or Gentile, without the deeds of the law. And that's 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 written by Paul by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. That he's the true author of these words, and he's I I believe he sets forth all these scriptures for us for our learning, to comfort us, to guide us through this world. To know truth over error as he reveals it to us. And to be on guard, too, against that stuff. Against that stuff. So Paul has shown here, again, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God there in Romans, the weakness of man's arguments that there is absolutely no way that man, woman, or child can ever be justified by the law. Period. We conclude. When you come to a conclusion... That's the end, right? That no flesh will be justified by the deeds of the law. My, oh my. In every point of our salvation, Christ is exalted. He's lifted up. In every single point of our salvation. And man is abased. Man's bought low. We have no merit in us. Think of this. We have no merit in us at all, right? But we trust in the one who has infinite merit. Because of his great work. He has infinite merit beloved. Infinite. Think of the the number of the elect. Are a number that no man can number. And they're all saved by his grace and mercy. Because of his infinite merit. It's wonderful. My. And God is a covenant God in Christ. Is the God of both the Jews and the Gentile right. In Christ. In the great covenant, the everlasting covenant, he's both both the God of the Jews and the Gentiles because he saves both, right? By his grace through Christ Jesus our Lord. In every individual instance of his church given by God to Christ and chosen by God in Christ before the foundation of the world, he is first and last in everything in between. Salvation, so we conclude with Jonah that salvation's of the Lord. It's of the Lord. It's not by man's doing. Not by man's doing. I didn't even get halfway through my notes and it's already time to stop. My goodness. Oh. Well, I just have to pick up where we left off. I'll close it with this. Therefore, as the church of Christ had been in Christ from everlasting, the recovery of the church from our fallen Adam by sin in this time state, right? Christ came into this time state, as Robert Hawker said. He came into time. He was outside of time and space. He came into time to redeem us. And when did he come in? At the perfect time, right? That God had chosen. Not a second late. Not a second earlier. He's born of a virgin in Bethlehem. The very place, the house of bread. The house of bread. And who's come? He who is the bread of life. He who is the bread of life is here. Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And we were chosen in Christ before the world was. Before there was ever a world. And the just live by faith, don't we? And again, beloved, I'm looking at some just people here. Just as if you never sinned. I'm looking at some people here made righteous by God. Isn't that amazing? That's mercy, isn't it? That's grace. And how do we live now? By faith. By God-given faith. Trusting and resting in the crucified one who's risen and is now seated at the right hand of the Father and is right now interceding for us. Glory to his name. Praise his mighty, mighty name. Brother Charlie, can you close us in prayer?